Hi all, I'm Rajin Khan Singh and I welcome all my listeners to my podcast, Rhythm of Soul. Today I'm going to narrate a story. This story is in the form of a book. The title of the book is Broken Heart Still Beats. The book has been authored by Ms. Sarita Tripathi and this book is also available on Amazon.in. So let's listen to the podcast, Broken Heart Still Beats. Kritika, after a hectic day from a school, called up her hubby, staying away. After a few rings, Shashank picked up the call, just before it was going to get disconnected. Yeah, mom, I'll call you after some time. I'm out on a meeting. He hurriedly hung up. A stream of mixed thoughts kept coming on Kritika's mind. Why on earth Shashank addressed me as his mom? It has been two years since the birth of their first child and exactly two years, nine months of their marriage. It was a daily routine that after coming back from work, the first thing she did was calling her love to say how much she missed him. They had decided to live apart in two different states so as to ensure good upbringing of their only kid, Sanskrit. A blend of their names in their home state. It was in the evening that Shashank made a call to her. I was with a client of mine when you called up, sounding very normal. How is Sanskrit? You guys take care. I'm very tired. Going to sleep. Bye. And he hung up. Kritika, half puzzled, also went to sleep. First, she sung an alphabetical lullaby to Sanskrit till he was lost in his dream world. In his sleep, he smiled with a giggle, making her kiss his cheeks. Thinking about the sudden change in her hubby's behavior and her heart convincing her mind that it will be just the workload behind all this, she didn't know when she fell asleep. The alarm clock rang, breaking her much-disturbed sleep. She was up and into her work as usual. She bathed Sanskrit and made him ready for his play school. It was already seven. Kritika gave a peck on his cheek and said, Nani ko tang mat karna. Don't annoy your granny. And while starting a scooty engine, she said to her mom, Mom, help him to his play school van, please. And she left. After another day in school, she reached for a phone to check for an SMS or a missed call. But none was there. In fact, her phone hardly rang these days. She felt an urge to make a call to her hubby, but dropped the idea, thinking he might be busy. Amidst the preparation of dinner, Sanskrit's tantrum over finishing his milk, it was nine. Not a single call or any SMS from Shashank. After much of wait, Kritika eventually decided to make a call. He picked up at the fourth ring and was fully drunk. In that intoxicated state, he said, that he is no more in love with her and had found a new, more than a friend. This was not a new thing for her to hear. Shashank usually teased her with such jokes earlier also. But this time, a chill ran through her Kritika's spine with an unknown fear and insecurity. Filled with a mixed emotion of anger, suspicion and frustration, she decided to disconnect the call right then. 
I'll make a call tomorrow morning and talk to him clearly. Maybe he's teasing me so that I won't get angry over his drunken state. A chain of thoughts kept coming on her mind and she fell asleep. Several doubtful days passed like this. Some days smelled of something fishy. The other day everything seemed to be so normal. Nevertheless, despite various doubts, she affectionately and dutifully delivered her role as a mother and a responsible teacher. Prithika was very excited about Sanskrit's second birthday. Since morning, she was busy gathering all the paraphernalia to throw a mini birthday bash. Her heart was a little bit heavy since Shashank has not managed to call and wish his son on his special day. But the desire to bring a smile on the face of a two-year-old overcame the heaviness. She was tired after the party and more than that broken after his strange behavior for Habi. After much of wait, she made a call. He picked up the call. Hello? What is it? came the angry voice from the other side. You don't remember Sanskrit's birthday? spoke Kritika with a lump in her throat. I remember it very clearly. Give the phone to Sanskrit. She silently put the phone on hands-free mode and shifted it near Sanskrit's mouth. It's Papa Betu. Say hello to Papa. Directed Kritika. Hello, Papa. Happy birthday, said Sanskrit in his baby voice. Since morning, he was saying happy birthday to everyone. Ha, beta, wish you a very happy birthday. Papa loves you a lot. Where's my cake? You have kept one for me? Oh, you forgot your papa. Papa will never forget you, beta. It's just that I hate your mom. I don't want to hear her voice. That's why I don't call you. When you will grow up, I'll call you on your separate number. Okay, beta? You will talk to me then, won't you? Yes, papa. I'll talk to you. Replied Sanskrit. Oh, that's my son. I love you, beta. Mwah. Giggled Sanskrit. I love you too, papa. Chirped Sanskrit. Kritika hurriedly, hurriedly shifted the phone from Sanskrit's side to her. What is it all, Shashank? I'm not able to comprehend your strange behavior these, these days. What are you up to? Answer me. Do you hear me? Howled Kritika, but of no use. Phone was already disconnected till then. The lump in her throat was choking her and she let loose the long-held tears in her eyes to ease the pain. This pain got automatically reflected on Sanskrit's face. Cupping her face with his tiny hands, he said, Mama, why are you come crying, Mama? Don't cry. Today is our happy birthday. You want cake? I'll bring, I'll bring some. But you please stop crying. This made Kritika hug her son tightly and she broke into loud sobs. It was never like this. Kritika and Shashank were a happy couple. Things were never like this. Sanskrit fell asleep in her arms and she was lost in the memories of the beautiful, loveful days she had spent with her hubby. 21st August 2008, New Delhi Kritika was devouring the crisp pages of almost single by Advaita Kala sitting on a seat reserved for ladies in Delhi Metro. Her phone beeped and a message from an unknown number flashed on her screen. 
Hey Kritika, Shashank Desai, may I talk to you? For I want to know more about you. When are you free? So that uh, so that I can make a call. It is straight to the point of SMS showing Shashank's complete interest in her. Shashank and Kritika met for the first time at her home when he came to give invitation card for her sister's marriage. Vaishali. Shashank's sister was a great friend of Kritika. She wanted her dearest friend to be present at her wedding. More than a friend, they shared a bond of two consanguine sisters. It's been two years that they met each other in Delhi, and from that day till the day Vaishali left for her wedding, they stayed together as roommates. Vaishali was a friend, philosopher, and guide to her. Since day one, Vaishali liked her so much that hinted her wish, although jokingly, to feel lucky to have a sister-in-law like her. She was hinting towards her brother Shashank. Many a times, she showed her her pictures. Kritika took it as casually as they have been shown. Vishali's mom also started liking Kritika in a few matrimonial visits to Delhi. But the first time that Shashank and Kritika came face to face was when he visited her place to invite her family for her sister's wedding. A well-built gym man working with HCL Bangalore and satisfying all the qualities needed to fulfill the criteria of a TDH man was certainly sufficient to give a blow to college-going chicks. As per Kritika's looks, she was an utterly simple, tall and slim specky girl with a swarthy complexion. Both of them were at opposite poles as per their outlook. Shashan, a fashion freak, was a perfect contrast of simplicity personified Kritika. It was a mango shake you offered me that day stealing my heart away. Shashan cheered many a times about their first meeting later on. No words exchanged between them on the wedding day also. But there were silent gestures between them. Shashank's coming in her close vicinity and showing her way to her seat were all evidences of warm emotions oozing out of him. It was today that he approached her directly through his through this SMS. Kritika was quite thrilled with as initiator. She worked as an intern with India Today and attended her journalism classes in the evening. She texted him back. Shashank, I'm on my way to college. Catch me at 9 o'clock in the evening. A smile ran over her lips. Yippee, someone seems interested in me. That means I don't look that bad. Till now only looks would have attracted Shashank towards her. No point of considering any other aspects of her personality causing this interest. They don't have even talked till now. She was feeling a peculiar music and fragrance around herself. As if suddenly everything has become so beautiful, so attractive. The nature appeared greener and more colourful. Everyone seemed to be greeting her with warm smile, unknown, unknown equally. All of a sudden, she felt so confident about herself. Yes, she believed now. She was beautiful in her own way. Amidst the lecture, she was lost in her own world. How would I respond when he says? But what will he say? I love you, Kritika. Or I want to marry you. Or will you become my life partner? Blushed Kritika at every single thought, mentally practicing the answers to all these questions. Dot, 9 o'clock. Kritika's phone rang. 
It was Shashank. She was all set. To hide her impatience, she deliberately picked the call after six rings. Hello, Kritika. You kept me waiting for so long, came a manly voice from the other side. This is going to be the voice that would command me for the rest of my life. And her cheeks blushed all over again. Let me tell you one thing. You're so beautiful. Simply beautiful. The colour of your skin, you know. Golden brown is the world's best skin colour. I wanted my life partner to be of the same complexion. Continued Shashank. A tear of happiness rolled down her cheeks. For she was affirmed by her to-be-life partner about her complexion of which she was so apprehensive always. In fact, he liked her because of her skin colour only. You please do not put any sort of makeup on our wedding day. You are naturally so beautiful. Smearing those cosmetics would smile, spoil your face. Shashank conversed so casually that it was hard to make out they were talking for the first time. Kritika felt at ease. Things came out so freely, right from her heart, breaking all her shyness and foundations. He made her feel so comfortable. Soon they were talking about career, family and future plans. Throughout the conversation, he made her feel already his possession. Finally, they hung up. This way, their love kept growing through each day and the nights. They planned meetings and their love grew and flourished in the two metro cities they were currently putting up. Sometimes, he visited Delhi. The other times, she reciprocated it by visiting him at Bangalore. They made lovely memories of their courtship by capturing moments in camera and sometimes dedicating love notes on novels and gifting each other. It was that day and it was now. The person in her life seemed so estranged. 4th November 2009, Qatar Vaishali was four months pregnant with her first baby. It was a baby girl. She had already started decorating a pink room for the new member. Whenever she visited a mall and her heart and her eyes caught hold of a cute baby dress. She made it a point to buy it then and there. Revisiting and rewinding, the sonography video was a routine nowadays. After sending Siddhant, her hubby, to office and finishing the daily chores, Vaishali felt a peculiar tiredness in her body today. Since past several days, she was having flu-like symptoms. Siddhant has fixed an appointment with a well-known specialist that evening. Cuffing was exceptionally high today. Brushing aside all the worries about her health, she tried to divert her mind. She was surfing through her honeymoon snaps. Suddenly, a loud cough escaped her throat and, oh, good heavens, what was that? She just coughed out a handful of blood. In a panic, her hands searched for her cell phone. Her distraught hands were so numb that she could not find Siddhant's number in the dial list. She dialed his number manually. Siddhanta just coughed out blood. Come fast. This is serious. We need to save our baby from this. Came a distressed voice and she broke down. He immediately got up from his office chair and rushed to the parking. It was a 15 minutes drive to his home. Those 15 minutes seemed like ages to Siddhanta. He reached home and without uttering a single word took Vaishali's hand in his hand and rushed towards the hospital. After umpteen checkups and tests, it was diagnosed that the infection was 
and had badly affected the lungs. The lungs have amassed water beyond repair. She was immediately moved to the intensive care unit. There, her echo also signaled towards abnormality. She had a constriction in one of the three main arteries of her heart. The sky came crashing over Siddhan's head. The team planned for removing the water first from the lung and then for a heart surgery. They were successful in pumping out the water from the lungs. The heart surgery was scheduled on the third Sunday. Before it, several biochemical tests were to be performed. It was in the evening next day that a nurse came rushing from Vaishali's unit. She was in panic. Vaishali's kidneys have stopped working. It was then that the doctors came to know that she was afflicted by swine flu. The doctors were witnessing multiple organ failure in, in her case. Her stone face was pale and blue. She was on a ventilator, motionless, speechless, unconscious for the next six days. It was at the midnight of 11th November 2009 that she breathed her last and showed and so did all her dreams. This was the second loss for Shashank's family. The earlier was when his elder brother met with a road accident. He was the only progeny left after these deaths. The family was shattered. Her father called up Kritika to remain in contact with his mother. It might help her deal with a pain that can't be mended though. They knew that she and her son have developed a liking for each other. The fact that only she can fill the void caused after Vaishali's demise. Shashank's father approached her parents regarding this. But the worst thing happened. Her parents outrightly rejected the proposal. Kritika herself tried to convince her parents confessing her love for Shashank and her and their crisis. There's so many grief-stricken families out there. Will you sacrifice your life for every single one of them? Be practical, beta. You will get so many proposals in your life. Far better than this one. Concentrate on your career. Take a break. No need to go back to Delhi. Stay with us and start afresh. Modified her parents. She has been foisted on by mandates of no phone calls, no going out, in short, no social life. More than the distance from Shashank, these restrictions were suffocating her. The biggest crime an Indian girl could ever commit is falling in love. And Kritika has just done that. 5th December 2009, New Delhi Failed to convince her parents, the lovebirds took the plunge and were signing a legal papers of their marriage. Their mutual friends were so happy for them. They were more excited than the couples to be hitched. Hey, I think I'm not late. Take my ID also, yelled one of them. We need only two evidences. There are already ten IDs out there. I think I'll have to do a lucky draw, quipped Shashank. And all of them burst out into a guffaw. After completing the legal formality, they went to a nearby RSA March Mandir. The duo exchanged garlands and took the seven vows of marriage, keeping fire as its witness. It is the time for a grand celebration now. Kritika set about her journey to her Sasurals, as per directed by her father-in-law, while Shashank stayed back. This was to make sure that the legally wedded do not go all the way before their social marriage. This was the beginning of the puppet phase in Kritika's life. Even if my mom and dad sound wrong to the whole world, they will always be correct for you at least, whatever the matter be, commanded Shashank. This Sean is a multiplied in the days yet to come.
it took three days time to reach her in lost place and finally she was there her head covered with her dupatta as per instruction of her mother-in-law as conveyed by by happy her dad-in-law was quite happy and excited about her arrival as a new family member he himself came to the bus station to escort her to a new home at home was waiting for not all happy mum-in-law every day she heard scuffle between her and laws the reason of which was her if you would not have supported this i can swear my son would not have bought this car like this do you have any idea what people are gossiping about us how come you know human just talk business it is us women who keep a track of all this to ensure that any act of ours does not bring a bad name to our family flared her mum and law look look at the length of the kurti you are wearing is it not too short this will not go in our house i have brought few unstitched pieces from the shop you just take a look and then some more arguments between the couple why are you taking her to the front room at the computer i know she is well read and very much educated but that does not spare her from the timidity every daughter in law is expected to show and as if that was not enough she used to come to communicate to her son back there in delhi about kritika's shamelessness shashank beta she even eats in front of her father in law and keeps on sitting on the bed even if some elder has entered her room this is ridiculous Shashank too gave full support to his mom. My mom is always right, at least for you. Kritika remembered very well his instructions. Sometimes the only sensible and empathetic dad-in-law also joined hands with his better half in the typical sas bahu chides, and it increased her misery. Mrs. Singh's daughter-in-law is also educated. When I visit here, she literally lays flat on the floor with her head down in order to touch my feet. And you, you are in such haste when you touch our feet," pronounced her dad-in-law. It was then, after all such comments, that Kritika now started learning her new way of life. There was a plethora of do's and don'ts: was eat in isolation, keep your head always covered, lie down on the floor to touch touch the elders' feet, don't show your face to any outsider, etc., etc. She keenly followed all these rules. Her life has been bounded now in the four walls of her room. no friends no acquaintances she was left prisoner amidst people who were all her seniors and and her duty was to always be ready at the beck and call head covered lips shut and hands tied while she was still adjusting to her new modus operandi her in-laws communicated to her parents both the families came to reconciliation and they fixed a date of their social marriage this was not the end in fact This was the beginning of a fresh wave of hassles in her life. First February 2010, Uttar Pradesh. Kritika reached her maternal home for attending her own social marriage from a marital home. There was a huge silence in the house. There were people nearby, but their hearts were divorced from that of Kritika, so much so that she could not hear the least of their voice. It was her marriage. They were neither happy nor sad. They all were just human bots, assigned respective tasks and performing them mechanically. No doubt, then, no discussions over her choice, or her choice of sarees, the color of the lehenga she wants to wear, its design, etc. Nothing at all. She has to agree over everything she has been provided with. 
everyone was just doing every ritual just for the sake of it and showed it she Kritika, we are going to threaten your parents that we are calling off this marriage. You don't panic, okay? Said her dad-in-law. But why, Papa? What's the need for that? Panicked she. They're not talking about the lane day, not even a word about what they will bring in that Tilak ceremony. About the cash, you know? Snapped he. Kritika was flabbergasted. It was clear till now to her that the place she thought as of her destiny was not any different. The people were just the same. And so was her life partner. Shashank himself was two steps ahead of her and lost. He called up Kritika's father, challenging his status. What's your capacity? What's your capacity? I can buy you and your whole progeny along with their legacy. And as if that was not enough, he even dared Kritika. If your brother comes empty-handed in the Tilak ceremony, I swear, I swear I will oust him with this very feat of mine. She was dumbfounded. She could not do anything for that. Her heart ached for every single word against her father. But she had already taken the plunge. There was no looking back now. She kept digging a dumping yard in her heart so that she can bury all such blistering remarks made by her new family deep down inside her. Somehow, the days passed and she finally arrived at her in-law's ancestral home. They were highly disgruntled of this marriage. Even if Shashank tried to behave normally, it was his mother and vice versa. You all just make this point of mind very clear. Thus, she will not be granted any permission from anyone to attend any of the ceremonies and functions our parents have organized. They have purchased her from our parents. They have not given a single penny for the jewelries we gave her to her on our wedding day, declared her mom-in-law. It has been said by our Hindu philosophers that there comes a time each day when Saraswati, the goddess of words, and wisdom rests on everyone's tongue. It is the time when whatever comes out from your mouth becomes true. This might be a myth, but proved to be true in Kritika's case. She was always abstained, knowingly or unknowingly, from attending any of the functions at her maternal place, as you will see in pages yet to come. It was her fifteenth day in a marital home. Sashank was going to Delhi, not on his honeymoon with a new bride, but it was a family business tour. They never went on honeymoon ever. Kritika stayed back. There was a constant pressure on her, on her to fill the gaps caused by the untimely deaths in the family. She herself wished for an early conception. For that was the only way by which she can reinforce her place in the family. Everyone had turned bittered, bitter towards her, including her husband, due to the substandard wedding planned by her father with cash gift as meagre as a sum of 51,000 rupees. According to them, they were not dowry-craving people, but they had a status in the society. This cost-cutting attitude of a father had made a mockery of their position. And according to Shashank, even a BA pass, jobless kin got five lakhs cash and a four-wheeler in his wedding as a gift from his in-laws. It was far better than, at least, an MBA and having a decent job. I had given 15 lakhs plus 5 lakhs cash extra for a four-wheeler to my son-in-law. And you know, an AC too. Let alone all those domestic appliances. Brad, her dad-in-law. Sometimes some or the other kinsmen re-approached her. Your in-laws are like God to you. You don't know a willing family was ready to marry off their daughter to them. They were offering a four-wheeler, a three-story bungalow and 20 lakhs in cash. 
but then they accepted you you should always remain grateful to them after all such verbal reproaches pratika wondered that money and material really had the power to rate or downgrade a groom's stature or a bride's worth even during small talks she got handful from her mom and law oh love the hibada so much mom let's make some chirp pratika the child still alive inside her the boys are out of town and i'll make dahi badas for you how can you even think that forget it snare her mom in law there was a day she decided to forget her likes and dislikes forever her mom in law got tired of asking her likes and craving later during her pregnancy days but all in vain yes she was expecting she was very excited about the new life flashing each day inside her but could not deal with the morning sickness baby blues in the secluded life she had been provided by her hubby and in-laws she needed the open sky to stretch her arms and breathe in the fresh air no friends to share and laugh to with she woke up in a lifeless room staring blankly at the ceiling whole day and slept there when her eyes got tired of it gradually her hubby was also losing interest in her body her body was disfiguring every day a baby bump bulging out with stretch marks here and there her breasts also intersected by several stretch marks to accumulate for the feeding later on her only respite from a close confinement was the virtual world of social media and online shopping portals she wondered of the times when the ladies were not that much tech savvy and the information revolution was also not that viral how do they manage to warp their marital sentence Perhaps her dad-in-law sensed her plight and instructed Shashank to get her enrolled in the B.Ed course. The stagnancy in her life broke for a while. She started going to the college and soon became the apple of her trainer's eye. But she was on a roll as expected delivery date was approaching fast. 25th October 2010, Maternity Hospital. It was 4 in the morning and Prithika was tossing and turning in her bed. There was a peculiar sweet pain in her lower abdominal region, going to the peak at one time and then completely subsiding at the other second. Shashank, I'm feeling a peculiar pain in my tummy, said she. It will be all right, dear. Let me sleep. I was laid up at night watching a movie, yawned he. Around eight in the morning, the pain was out of her tolerance. She was crying in pain and informed her mum-in-law. It was a painful wail that Shashank's slumber broke up and they rushed to the hospital after more than 5 hour long labor she was blessed with a baby boy it was a bizarre feeling of unlimited happiness after hours of unlimited pain her eyes were thirsty to see the first glimpse of her child she was brought out from the labor room to the women's ward where her family members and kinsmen were busy cooing and cuddling the newborn nobody noticed her entrance in the ward only a hubby came to her and sat by her side He caressed her, arranging the scattered strands of hair all over her face behind her ears. He had never seen her in so much pain. A tear rolled down her skies, eyes. Where were you, Shashank? You don't know how much I long for this love and care all these days, Shashank, sighed Kritika, but did not utter a single word. Finally, a lady pronounced, Hey, somebody please give the baby to his mother also. After all, she has done all the labor. And everyone broke into a loud roar of laughter. Finally, her baby was placed beside her. 
Pratika was the happiest person on the earth. At that moment, she was exhilarated to see the twinkling eyes of her baby. Oh, he had such small hands and feet. She kissed his tiny nose. His touch stole all the mental fatigue caused to her after the labor. She was brought home at eight in the evening. The cook has made halwa, a desert made in refined butter with lots of dry fruits in it, and paratha for her as instructed by her mother-in-law. Eat this. Now no carelessness will be tolerated in your feeding habits. You have to feed a fire life from now onwards, ordered her mother-in-law. Shashank took the plate from, her, from his mum's hand and started feeding her. His mum left the room. Kritika now got a cute little pal to share her loneliness with. Kritika's mum-in-law's attitude towards her softened a bit. But this softening look no, took no longer to transform into bitterness as soon as she proved incapable of handling the newborn. Even if satiated after feeding, Sanskrit wailed sometimes for no reason. The reasons could have been anything. If Kritika was blamed every time for not feeding him properly or maybe not producing the desired quantity of milk. Milk production is reducing and its needs surging each day. You're useless, remarked her mum-in-law. Kritika felt like the cow that fails to meet the desirable supply and is looked down at by everyone. Even if a woman is not at all able to feed a child due to any reason, does that make her stature any lesser to a mother? Is motherhood directly proportional to the number of days and quantity of milk she is yielding? Life has changed so much for Kritika since the day she stepped into a marital house. Her priorities and expectations changed dramatically. But nothing changed for Shashank. Not even now. When he became a father, it was she who woke up at night to change the diaper, to feed him and to relieve him from his nature's call. But still, Shashank felt like being given an undue responsibility and that too, so early in his life. Although he was living the same careless life partying with friends, staying out. Just imagine the power vested to a woman to adjust in a life situation where everything is turned upside down while a man develops suffocation just by the smell of it. While Kritika was busy accommodating herself in the new life setup, her maternal home witnessed celebrations like her only brother's wedding and his reception and she was denied to attend any of them. Reasons were being her pregnancy sometimes, or the fragility of the newborn to travel or her beard course at the other times. 1st August 2011, Kritika's maternal home. Kritika was pretty excited. After a period of exactly one and a half years, she was visiting her parents' place. Finally, she reached there. She pretended to be very happy in her marriage, but her parents secretly sensed the lack of chirpiness in her voice. A tremendous zeal towards even petty things of life was missing somewhere. She has grown a bit temperamental too. Luckily, government announced huge vacancies for trained teachers and her parents suggested the couple not to miss the chance. Shashank agreed to it and Kritika saw a ray of hope for leading a more meaningful life. She caught hold of the opportunity. Shashank also affirmed the same as this was a good decision for the future of their son. Kritika was startled by Sanskrit's call and she came back to the reality. Huh? Yes, Peter, she answers hurriedly. Where were you lost, Mama? I call you Mama. Mama? But you were not answering, lisped Sanskrit. Tell me what is the matter, Mama? Mama is listening to you, replied she, caressing her cheeks. I want to pee, said he. 
Pratika took him to the bathroom and could not stop laughing when he failed aiming his pee to the pothole and came out with his typical pout of being flopped at something. It was her Nirjala Vrata, fast renouncing food as well as water for 24 hours for the welfare of her son. That day, a phone rang and was displaying Shashank's number. It's been more than one month since they had talked. Pratika picked up at unwillingly. Pratika, why don't you believe me? I've I've been already shared by another woman. I swear on Sanskrit's name. And her name is Devyani Datta. She's a good girl. I'll keep her. I'll keep both of you happy. Just try to understand my state of mind. Said Shashank. His voice shaking. As soon as these words fell on her ears, the cell phone slipped from her hand. She stood still, dumbfounded as if someone had just pulled off the earth beneath her feet. She was on the terrace to offer puja to the full moon. She felt a compulsive urge to jump off the terrace and finish it then and there. At the next moment, she felt like killing that slut who stole away her man. Her heart was aching with self-pity. How could she make such a bad choice for herself? How could she screw up things like this? She somehow controlled herself and came downstairs. She had to be bold. She had to live. Live for Sanskrit in order to give him a decent and dignified life. Till now, she hated Sashank for his behavior. But after his own confession, bereaved of any guilt, she now felt a pathy for him. For the opposite of love is not hatred. Hate is nothing but love gone wrong. When you hate someone, it means somewhere in your heart you still expect something from that person which he is not able to fulfill. Hence, is your hatred. Opposite of love is apathy, the feeling that you don't even care whether the person is hurting you or not. An entire year rolled by like this, interrupted by a few random calls by Shashank, just made to check perhaps whether she was alive or not. Her wedding anniversary was round the corner. And she was very much indifferent about it until her in-laws visited her. They filled her with the hope that this happens to countless married couple and can be easily overcome. Men stray away, often but no sooner they realize it's important they return to their women. Pratika half-heartedly agreed to give a try, but her conscience asking loud, Why did this all happen to me at the first place? It never happened to my mom, mom-in-law, aunties, cousins and friends. But the counterpart. The counterpart's not mad. Phew. Let's give a final chance to it. Pritika was very hopeless and unconfident about this though. She was his choice. She had not been forced upon. She knew everything about her. Now, he himself had a relation outside the wedlock, which clearly indicated he has lost his interest in her. Now she is going to restore the interest. She has lost its spark of her marriage. Shashank must have understood it, that whatever out, outer beauty she had, that will only fade away with time, and that this is the truth with everyone. Even his newfound love, Devyani, is also not above it. She was all set for her ordeal. She did things which she never did before. She tried to woo the same Shashank with makeup who once disapproved of it. She went for a makeover. She started spying him. She succeeded in extracting Devyani's contact details from his cell phone. The lady duo planned a meeting to exchange their plight. Devyani was a tall, beautiful, fair and trend-conscious girl in her early 20s. They were just at the opposite pose. 
signaling towards the recent change in Shashank's face. His fondness of the golden brown skin color has been taken over by creamy white glowing skin. Simplicity has been defeated by sophistication. Kritika all over again felt so apprehensive about her looks. But so confident and proud of her husband's appreciation of her real inner beauty, she felt today totally vanquished. When we appoint someone else as the custodian of our happiness and hand over them all the keys, chances are that they might steal away even our confidence and leave us shattered. The conversation started and they came to an agreement that Devyani should stay out of their marriage in Britain. Kritika will not disclose anything about her affair to her parents. Shashank turned out to be quite a player. He succeeded in convincing Devyani to continue their illegitimate relation, sometimes by assuring that he will soon divorce Kritika, and the other times by blackmailing her of disclosing their intimate videos. Meanwhile, due to social pressure and stigma of Baikimi, he played with Kritika's emotions too. He assured her of bringing his affair to an end, which would be a gradual process and that it can't be culminated abruptly. The ladies were now big-time opponents and he took huge advantage of this jealousy between them. Devyani became his morning passion and Kritika's evening respite. But betrayal is betrayal, and a lie is very short-lived, although it might seem never-ending. Shashank became a big-time boozer and very abusive, both verbally and physically. Kritika's vacations were getting a little over, and Sanskrit's play school studies were also facing a setback. Shashank was not even an inch worried about all this, totally engrossed in his dual life. That day was the most horrible day of her life. She came to know that he was still continuing with his promiscuity after reading his chats on social media. She argued and she fought for everything she had been going through that day. Shashank went out, had his full dose of booze and returned home. He grabbed her with her hair and rammed her head to the wall. She fell crashing on the ground. He again held her face with her chin and stamped a noisy slap on her cheeks. Sanskrit was standing still in a corner that day. Crying hard and biting his hands and nails, he tried to save his mother but was shoved away by that monster. Kritika begged her his mercy but no one came to her rescue. Each time she appealed for or forgiveness, it invigorated the animal inside him and she and he slammed over her with full force. She gave in to the masculine power and silently fostered the pain he was causing to her body and soul that day. When he had his fill, he retired to the bed and fell asleep. Kritika cried her heart out that day. She cried for the love she felt for him. She cried for the numerous dehydrating fasts she has performed for him. She cried for the hate she has taken from her parents, who disapproved of him in the first place. She cried for her son's fate and his bad luck to have a father like this. But now, it was time for Kritika to move on. To love herself before she loved anyone else in this world. She was enough of sulking and self-pitying. She wiped all her tears, never to cry again. She took her purse in one hand and Sanskrit's hand in the other and moved out of the four boundaries of her marital home, never to return back. From today onwards, she decided to live for the needful and her only reason for being alive, Sanskrit. Devyani, though still continuing her relationship with Shashank, had also started to see things to which she had turned a blind eye till now. She and her illegitimate affair has become the hot topic of the 
tattle-tattle in the town. She failed in her graduation examinations that year, though assuring her about their wedding Shashank was, has not divorced Kritika yet in the first place. All this and the flying scoop of his atrocities towards Kritika acted as an eye-opener for her. She decided to call off the treacherous affair. She started distancing herself from him. She started declining his calls for a day out. She left for her hometown and barred all her contacts with him. Devyani now understood that everyone out there is waiting to use you unless you stop yourself from getting used. She joined a fresh graduation course through correspondence and computer classes to keep herself busy. She also agreed to an amiable marriage proposal made by her parents and got engaged. Meanwhile, Devyani came, made contact with Kritika. They talked and talked. They wiped all of the complaints and reprimands they had long nurtured, nurtured against each other. They washed all of their hatred. There's nothing as peaceful in this world as getting rid of long-held animosity towards someone. Hating someone is like punishing your own self by nurturing ill thoughts for someone which is exactly the opposite of human basic nature. Even holding an empty glass for too long makes it heavier than it actually is. Similarly, holding grudges for someone for too long makes it unbearable. They came in harmony with each other and thence in harmony with life. Kritika and Devyani, although different altogether, be it their looks, their attitude towards life, or be it their outlook, went through the same life situation, the OWS, other women's syndrome, and they handled it in their own unique way. Devyani, hoping for a new beginning, moved on in her life, while Kritika gathered the broken pieces of her life and geared up for a more meaningful life. Shashank, on the other hand, after much willy-nilly, settled for his wife Kritika. He approached Kritika and apologized for all the outrageous behavior he has subjected her to. But now, he had to deal with a Kritika who knows her worth and the truth she can do utterly well even without anybody at her side. A note to all husbands out there. The girl whom you brought home today is as careless as you are. She is the spoiled princess of her parents' kingdom. She too loves lazing around sometimes. Most of the time, the girl you bring home is younger than you. How could you expect her to become your mother just in a day and shoulder the whole responsibility of your home? You can fight with your parents for your needs, but why this shame while take, talking, taking your wife's side? Shashang would have been happier if he showed his guts by talking, taking his wife's side rather than by showing his manner by creating an affair outside the wedlock. Nobody is perfect and born foolproof in this world, and your parents are no exception either. Don't portray them as gods in front of your wife, while you yourself didn't deny that. Your wife is wise enough to pay due respect to all elders at your home. While you still continue to be the spoiled brat, your counterpart is expected to perform pujas, fasts, avoid going outside on a well, hold back her, laugh her, and desist to show up in front of everyone or anyone. And during this personality transformation from a chirpy young free bird with whom you fell in love with to a speechless showpiece if she loses her charm, you are all set for a new affair. First, know your own self, dude. What do you want? Else you would snatch away the smiles of countless flowers and transform them, their beautiful world, into a dusty bowl. 
Remember falling in love is easy but remaining in love with the same person is a hard not to cry. To all the mother-in-laws out there stop jeopardizing your daughter-in-laws for the atrocities you have been subjected to. Identify the real culprit behind your plight and give them real hard on his face. Don't scapegoat these sweet angels who have come to your house seeking a mother-in-law. She is far too younger to bear with your jealousy. Facilitate her with the freedom which you have been denied. You are so good at controlling and disciplining her each and every single move, addressing her socializing, her communication and what not. She is de facto sincere and disciplined. The one which needs the strict vigilance is none other than your own blood, your son. You are only a victim. You were once a victim. Use that experience as an empathy for your daughter-in-law instead of becoming a victimizer yourself. Your jealousy towards her has been cached by chauvinists and sages. It is because of you that this never-ending vicious circle is going on and on. Stop acting as a stuffed shirt and break these time-worn stereotypes. To all the daughter-in-laws out there, know your own worth first before finding a person worthy of taking care of your worth. Love yourself before you do someone else. The lower you keep your face value, the more you will be oppressed. There is no such greatness in playing victim at all the atrocities you have been subjected to, like you have been fed with since ages. Do you wait till eternity to know your caliber or do you always need a punch in your face, an acid attack or adultery to act as a wake-up call for you? Grab every mogul by his collar that is dragging you to the abyss in this free world. Stretch your arms. Breathe. Yes, you are free. You have merit to share this freedom and multiply it to umpteen times. Stop falling prey to the notion that your life ends once you are married. Believe that you have tied not with someone equal, not superior, and that you have not committed a crime to be sentenced with a life imprisonment more appealing and younger to you. Someone will always be more beautiful, more appealing and younger to you. Don't become the bloodthirsty enemy of the other woman brought forcefully by deception in your life. Don't compare yourself to anyone in the first place. What you can do to yourself in the situation you're going through, nobody else can do that. You are not objects to be used, compared and disposed of for a better choice. To a woman from a woman, I respect you who is very proud of her beauty. Others might say she has such an air for her beauty. Why not? For that is what you search for in a woman. I respect you who is a so-called slut or a bitch. For this is what makes them look more appealing, not a behenshi. I respect you, the other woman. For you were not born as the other. You have been made the other. And who wants to become the other? I respect you, not so beautiful tribe. Cheer up. Your chances of getting used are lesser. Oh, you women out there, stand together. Respect each other. Don't play victim at each other's hand. Empower each other. Your power is endless. You are the color of the rainbow. Each one is different, but beautiful only when you stand together. I hope you like the story. Thank you.